do you want to prevent worldwide diseases, promote human health, and break down healthcare inequalities? Well, check in with me, Jamie Kirkpatrick, and explore global health topics that affect you. With the help of our sponsor, Acura Incorporated, the leader in patient-first radiotherapy systems that make cancer treatment shorter, safer, personalized, and more effective, we'll check in around the world so you can be more informed and learn to affect change globally and for yourself. Addiction. We all know a coffee addict or two, and we may even be a chocoholic ourselves. Yet when you think of an addict, you typically think of someone with a form of substance abuse, like alcohol or drugs, right? Psychology Today reports that there is scientific evidence that the addictive substances and behaviors share a key neurobiological feature. They intensely activate brain pathways of reward and reinforcement, many of which involve the neurotransmitter dopamine. But who could have imagined that a favorite pastime for children and teens, and now even adults, could turn into a full-blown gaming addiction? According to Alex Hearn, a writer for The Guardian who wrote in his article, The Truth About Gaming Disorder from Fortnite to World of Warcraft, this past June, as the number of young gamers has risen sharply, so have addiction narratives. In today's episode of Global Health, we'll explore how what may have started out as a hobby ended up taking over so many lives with devastating implications. The World Health Organization, let's just call them WHO going forward, has already classified gaming disorder as a mental health condition. A mental health condition? What, like anxiety, bipolar disorder, depression, eating disorders? Well, yes. According to WHO, gaming disorder is defined as a pattern of gaming behavior, digital gaming or video gaming, characterized by 1. Impaired control over gaming 2. Increased priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other interests and daily activities. And 3. Continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. Who further goes on to say that for gaming disorder to be diagnosed, the behavior pattern must be of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning, and would normally have been evident for at least 12 months. Think about that for just a second. Gaming becomes more important than school, than providing for your family, than brushing your teeth. This can't be that serious, or can it? Okay, so just how many people are playing online video games anyways? Unless you live under a rock, we've all heard of Fortnite. Epic Games' Fortnite hit the online gaming scene by storm in late 2017, and already boasts nearly 4 million simultaneous global online users at any given time, and over 125 million registered users worldwide. And that's just one game. Coming in second place is Riot Games' League of Legends, with 81 million monthly active users worldwide. Haven't heard your favorite game listed yet? That's because we haven't even touched on Player Unknowns, Battleground, Minecraft, World of Warcraft, or Call of Duty much less your favorite Apple or Android game. It's starting to seem a bit more serious than a little candy crush. Most studies suggest that 9 out of 10 gamers can play responsibly. It's the 1 in 10 that we're going to be talking about. According to the website newzoo.com, in their 2017 report insights into the $108.9 billion global games market, they estimate that there are 2.2 billion active gamers in the world, 
So if one ten have the possibility of being addicted, that's 1% of 2 billion. Now that's a lot of potential addicted gamers. While many adults have healthy habits when it comes to consuming alcohol responsibly, and millions of gamers of all ages worldwide play with no harmful effects, for a small number of people, what starts out as fun turns into a debilitating habit. What would you guess is the average age of an online gamer today? 12? 18? 21? Remarkably, the average age of an online gamer is 33 years old. You start to see why the impact of gaming addiction can be so large. By the time you're 33, you're probably working, maybe married, uh, starting a family, own your own car, and have other responsibilities. Let's delve into a few of the narratives that will paint a picture for you of just how debilitating gaming disorder can be. First, let's take a look at Ian, who Guardian writer Emily Reynolds interviewed in her article, It Consumed My Life, Inside a Gaming Addiction Treatment Center. In the mid-1990s, Ian was in his 20s and started playing FPS, or first-person shooter games like Counter-Strike and Team Fortress. First, playing only on weekends or when he came home from work, it was a normal relationship with video games. So what changed? Ian explains, It was the online element of these games, he said that really changed his relationship to gaming and quickly took over his life. Ian goes on, I was working, I had a family, so it was a slow progression. But then, and it sounds really weird when I say it now, I started thinking about it at work. And the first thing i do when I got home was start drinking and start up the internet and game. And the aftermath of Ian's addiction? Ian eventually ended up losing his family and his job over his gaming habit. A serious price to pay indeed. Just let that sink in for a moment. So how do you know? How do you spot a friend in trouble, a spouse who's spending more time online and with their kids and their family? Unfortunately, it's not so simple. Gambling addicts are easy to find when the money is running out. But millions of people worldwide play popular games like Fortnite and Call of Duty regularly without becoming addicted. Okay, so what do you look for? What are some of the early signs of gaming addiction? It could be your boyfriend stays home to play Fortnite instead of going to the movies as planned, or starts missing classes regularly. Generally, if it starts to impact their work or family commitments, even their self-care habits, then you know it might be time to seek help. Need more examples of what can happen with someone who has gaming disorder? Alex Hearn included these stories of gaming addiction and the dire consequences in his Guardian article. In 2010, a Korean couple was arrested for a fatal child neglect spurred by an obsession with Prius Online. Five years earlier, another Korean man collapsed and died after a 50-hour session playing StarCraft in an internet cafe. In the West, World of Warcraft, released in 2004, was one of the first games to trigger addiction narratives in the mainstream press, with the game blamed for causing college students to drop out of university and others losing careers and families. Still unconvinced? Wesley Yin Poole, deputy editor of the website Eurogamer and recovered World of Warcraft addict says, It's time to stop running from gaming addiction. We celebrate games that are addictive, but we refuse to call them addictive, even though they have been designed to be exactly that. Developers, the people who create games, want you to become addicted to their games, which is understandable because if people are hooked on your game, it suggests it's really insert expletive here, good. The grind, loot, loot boxes, leveling up, infinite progression, prestige, battle passes, experience points, the numbers, the numbers and even more numbers, all going up. 
This is the guts of popular video games today. Side note, if you're tracking me on all this lingo, take a closer look at your own habits. Wesley continues, keep us in the game, keep us engaged, keep us caring, and then the recurring revenue rolls in. In this context, it seems reasonable that something along the lines of a gaming disorder might actually be useful to think about. Fortunately for Wesley, he's moved past that period of his life and grateful he is now married to his then-girlfriend. Yes, she intervened and put down an ultimatum. Me or the game. They have kids and he loves his work. Wesley says, I now accept that period of my life for what it was. A video game-fueled addiction that spiraled out of control and screeched to a halt just before a catastrophe hit. To pretend otherwise isn't just wrong, it's dangerous. Hear that? Dangerous. Seems like we should all be prepared to take action if we even have a suspicion that a friend or loved one's gaming habits are teetering out of control. Okay, so let's think about it. What can we do about it? Let's go back to who and remind ourselves of what to look for in a person who exhibits the following behaviors. Remember, who defines the condition of gaming disorder as a person exhibiting the following behaviors? One, impaired control over gaming, things like frequency, intensity, and duration. Two, increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities. And again, three, continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. In plain English, according to Dr. Bruce Y. Lee, Associate Professor of International Health at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health in Baltimore. In other words, Lee says, for number one, gaming controls you, and you don't control it. For number two, it's taking you away from other things that you should be doing. And three, you keep doing it, even though you know it's hurting your life, or others know that it's hurting your life. And lastly, it should occur over a period of 12 months, unless there is some kind of emergency situation. Everyone can get absorbed in something for a short period of time. You don't necessarily want to call something a disorder because a person does an activity a lot. In most cases, people are able to say, I no longer want to do this. But if it lasts more than 12 months, then that's when you start to think this may be an issue. There are two sides to every story. So lest we forget, there are also many documented benefits of shooting at zombies. Like Professor Daphne Bavalier, a brain scientist from the University of Geneva, who describes in her very compelling TED Talk, Your Brain on Video Games, that video games are potentially powerful tools that can improve hand-eye coordination, relieve stress, and connect people. Take a look at her TED Talk. I highly recommend it. It's already been viewed over 3.8 million times. Gaming can be good for you. But for the 1% of all gamers that are diagnosed with gaming disorder, there is no one-size-fits-all treatment program for gaming addiction. Sure, you could say, just pull the plug or throw the PlayStation out the window, but I suspect it's not quite that simple. The way I see it, the first step in getting help is recognizing that gaming disorder is a real problem. And since gaming disorder is classified as a mental health disorder, a reasonable first step would be to seek treatment from a licensed, qualified mental health professional. This will help the individual begin to understand if gaming is the root problem, or just masking another one. Why? Because you want to treat the real problem, not just the symptom. Starting with someone you trust is your safest and best bet. I'm not a doctor, and I don't work for who, but I just think this is common sense advice. 
Until next time, this has been Jamie Kirkpatrick with Global Health.